The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Hello, baby!
lovely, lovely way to open up this episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Rips and Rants podcast right here on Big Boom Radio. And this episode being a special episode because it's our best of volume four. That's right. As we're closing in on 100 episodes and we're smack in the middle of the holidays, I figured, you know what? Let's make this happen. So, so happy to be with you. Johnny Teflon right here going to be flying solo because I'm just doing a little bit of commentary. We're pulling in snippets and skits and you name it from the last 25 episodes. So, of course, we got a healthy dose of Michael Sean Lee in there, a little Johnny and Andy from our fast food episodes. Perhaps even some Professor Heinrich Snoof will come to visit. You never know. So yeah, that was our opening track, a little ditty by Van Halen called Good Enough, which is basically what we shoot for every single day. Sometimes we hit it, and again, sometimes it's enough when you're putting together a best of volume four. So without further ado, take a listen. You As pull always. that again, and I'm going to drop you like an Afghani rifle. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? You're the governor of, of one of the most powerful states, if not the most powerful state in the country. You don't have to give it two weeks' notice. You're leaving in disgrace, okay? You could dress it up all you want. You could shine that turd up real nice. But you know what? You're leaving in disgrace as you should, okay? And it's not just what he did, okay, as with many of these these, these men in these circumstances, when they get called out on it, it's the lack of a sincere um, apology. It's the lack of an acquiescence of guilt, you know. They just don't get it. And what makes me, like, a little pissed off is that, you know, this cockroach is going to pop up again somewhere down the line. And do You know, it's just, they just don't learn he'll probably get his second political life at some juncture and come back as you know god knows what in the meantime you know good for you new york because the lady that's taking over the um, lieutenant governor seems to really uh hokel i believe her name is seems to really know her shit and the early scuttlebutt on her is that she's very well-intentioned and transparent and brutally honest and she's gonna again kick ass and take names but but do it the right way okay and the fact that he was floundering around and released, I guess what you could call a PowerPoint presentation of him hugging and kissing everybody, men, women, children, animals, inanimate objects, and saying, well, I'm Italian, this, this is how I am. She was beautiful. She was young. She was innocent. She was the greatest piece of ass I've ever had, and I've had them all over the world. Now, guess what, asshole? I'm Italian, and I don't do that. And having worked in the public sector for, you know, 30-some-odd years now, I can't tell you how many trainings and whatnot with HR and all these different standards that that I've been through that tell you all the symptoms and, and the warning signs of sexual harassment, how not to do it, why not to do it. I mean, I've been hit with this shit since I was a teenager working in, in a video store, Okay. So there is absolutely no excuse whatsoever for any man or woman, okay, I'm sure it's out there as well, there's no excuse for any man to use his position to take advantage of women. Or, again, it's 2021, or take advantage of other men. Um, no excuse. Throw the book at him, get him out. 
Because like with all these things, there's always somebody more qualified, waiting in the wings, ready to go. Okay? So to you, Governor Cuomo, you are the fool of the week. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool! Ooh, it's the fool of the week. Better not be fooled. <laughs> We're going to wow you folks at home now with our top three favorite judges from stage and screen yeah. uh, of all time. Wait, they're, are there any real ones on here? Let's just double no, check this. Nope. So. Okay. No? Just okay. stage and screen. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, you don't even really have to make caricatures out of judges to, to get the full effect. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, a lot of the, the fictitious judges out there really didn't differentiate too much as far as the ego factor from the real thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think we both have come up with a couple of, couple of amusing <laughs> examples. If nothing else, amusing. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you start us off there, Ken? You want me to lead off? Yeah. All right. I I'll, loved your choices, by the oh, way. Thank you very much. This is, uh, <laughs> again, this was, this was kind, of, kind of fun when, when I got your, uh, your text as far as let's work this into the show. <laughs> it was like, oh, yes, that's going to be some fun. Uh, so... My first choice, uh, damn near the first one that jumped out to mind, uh, was the character that uh, Sylvester Stallone played in the film of the same name, <laughs> Judge Dredd. I am the law! Nice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, little, little, little sidebar. Some uh, friends of mine and I, uh, quite a few years ago, when this film was on the big screen, uh, imbibed in a little, uh, I don't know how to put this. Let's Something that we, was illegal. We got a little psychedelicized. Let's just put it All that right. way. And went to the theater, saw this movie, came out of the movie thinking this was the greatest film <laughs> in the history of film. Must I mean, have been, uh, what's his name, Rob uh, Schneider that really just put it over the top for you. You know, I, I just it, it blew Citizen Kane out of the water was, was the opinion that we had. At the time, and many years later, because Judge Dredd is going back a few years, mm -hmm. I managed to catch Judge Dredd while I was channel surfing late one night and thought, wow, cool, Judge Dredd. I love this film. <laughs> Watched it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, did you see the, the remake done with Carl Urban as Judge no. Dredd? There's a remake of it this? Yes. Get out of here. And he, he adds a great take on it. Yeah. Um, same kind of story, same concept and all that, but yeah. more serious. Wow, okay. In fact, it mirrors another famous movie at the time. Oh, it's, it's an Asian flick yeah. where the cops go into this giant tenement. Oh, man, it even spawned a sequel. It was, it was so good. No kidding. Darn it, it escapes me ah, right now. Ah. But yeah, if you get a chance to see the remake, like I said, totally different tone. That's, that's funny that they would Much do a remake more of this. Much ultra-realistic. Yeah, you know, credit where credit is due. The original was, was campy as hell, and mm -hmm. Sylvester Stallone did really show an ability to not take himself too seriously right. in playing this role. I mean, it really was... I think when I finally saw it a third time and balanced out the two extremes that yep. I appreciated it for what it was. It's a fun film. And his, you know, his, look, his take on it kind of matches the tone of the comic book. Oh, it kind of matches the tone of a typical judge, you know. Yeah. I am the law. Yeah, and it's it's very British, ultra dry sarcasm and okay. satire. Okay, um, and yeah, the whole thing without him ever saying in the comic book is, "I am judge, jury, and executioner," and yep. you better yep. toe the line. Yeah, and he, of course, is the most difficult judge out of all these <laughs> different ones. And uh, yeah, it just it just works. Yeah. So, and going back to the uh, the film, I believe Max von Sydow yes. was in it, which just automatically 
gives the film a credit. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely elevates the yeah. film. I think um, Armand Asante was a bit much, a little, little over the top. Yeah, a little bit. But then again, bit. he's not exactly Olivier, so no. And I think that's really what the <laughs> what the job called for. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not making Gone with the Wind here. <laughs> you know, we're we're not trying to knock Citizen Kane out of the box, despite you know what audiences for the film may have indulged in beforehand. Sure. So yeah, his his being over and he definitely was over the top. Yeah. Um just fit. It yeah. fit. It it definitely worked. <laughs> so good fun on that one. Good fun. All right. So, so what do you, uh, yeah, what do you got here, John? Well, my low hanging fruit, first one that came to mind. Actually both of our first one that came to mind was yeah. Fred Gwynn from my cousin. Yes. Vinny's. Yes. <laughs> the two you say Ute. Yeah. But uh, right after that, for me, was uh, Judge Harry from the show Night Court okay. in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. And just seemed like a little over the top, obviously, because it's a comedy. But yeah, you've got to see everything working that shift in New York City. Oh, man, yeah. With the, just booking them one after the other after the other. Yeah. So it just it just worked. Yeah, <laughs> not, not that sitcoms were ever meant to educate people, but I had no, no uh, knowledge of the fact that such a thing as a, as a Night Court <laughs> Yep. Uh, existed, let alone a night court judge. Yep. So that was kind of interesting. And actually, in the fun. same vein as like a Barney Miller, everything that show was dirty and yeah. used. You yep. know, like stains on the walls. And it just wasn't a kind of place you'd want to hang out. Yeah. But the, interesting, the colorful characters. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Good stuff. Good what do you stuff. got, brother? All right. Uh, second choice that came to mind. Um, and there's a nod to the guy who, uh, who, who played the role in the film. Uh, Judge Smales from Caddyshack. Oh, an all-time favorite. Yeah, yeah. Looks like my folks won't have enough money to put me through college. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Uh, the world needs ditch diggers, too, I believe was the uh, the. How about a fresca? Yeah. <laughs> was, was the classic line from that film. <laughs> and what was what was that actor's name? That was... Uh, that was uh, Ted Knight. Ted Knight, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. The immortal the, Ted Knight. Yeah, the late, great... <laughs> And boy, yeah, he he was in perfect the, foil for Roddy Dangerfield. Yeah, <laughs> as far as the type of humor, you know that uh, that those films made by those guys, those were the Saturday Night Live guys, right? Yep. Harold Ramis and 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 et cetera, Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, a, a nod to Ted Knight uh, and his acting chops. He fit right in. Yeah, you know, he totally got the comic zeitgeist that worked there and nailed it. Yep. You know, nailed it hard. So. Good fun, good fun. Good fun and good choice, too. Eminently quotable. Uh, What do you got, John? Well, my next one is, I kind of went off the rails on this one, but it's something that's stuck in my memory. The original uh, Miracle on 34th Street with little Natalie Wood. Classic. uh, If you remember, at the end, the the case against Kris Kringle has boiled down to, is he insane or is he isn't insane? Right, right. And uh, the assistant to the judge there was the guy that played Fred Mertz in I Love Lucy. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of saying, look, if if, if you judge this this kindly old man as like insane or as a criminal, you know, your career is over, you're shot. So this guy, this judge is sweating. He doesn't know what to do. Uh So the defense attorney presents all this mail on the last day to the court. Saying, look, all the stuff they're, they're sending it to Chris Kringle. So, oh. so the judge jumps all over this and says, "Well, that's it. If the post office says it's Chris Kringle, then I guess it is." <laughs> Hits the gavel and runs his ass out of there, you know. But I love it. He's an opportunist, you yeah. know. Yeah. If the post office says, <laughs> because yeah, the post office is it, are the go-to guys for just such a situation as this. Yep. Obviously, obviously, time to beat feet, exit stage left. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> all right. Back over to you, sir. Yes. Okay. Well, this uh, this was my number one choice. 
um, for reasons that will become clear pretty much right now. Uh, again, given my, uh, my scant experience uh, with judges over the years, <laughs> I thought... I th <laughs> That's a word, isn't it? Yeah. I thought this was very, very appropriate. Uh, for my number one choice, I'm going with the judge from the Pink Floyd film, The Wall. Wow. Do you remember that film? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did a little research, and a descriptor uh, of the judge uh, depicted him as a giant pair of buttocks <laughs> with two backward-facing legs, an anus for a mouth, and a scrotum Talk for a about chin. serendipity, because from what I understand, that's exactly how you view most judges. And if I ever appear before <laughs> one that's heard this broadcast, I'm going to wind up in the electric right? chair. It looks like something out of a Hieronymous Bosch painting. And just so appropriate. <laughs> just, just so very appropriate. And I think we have Roger Waters to thank for that. Yes. And, uh, and whoever did the animation <laughs> on that particular film. But yeah, I really thought that nailed it. Just nailed it. Wow. <laughs> So, Johnny, what do you got for a number one? Well, clearly, I mean, there's no topping that. <laughs> but uh, something that always stuck at me from a, from a child till now, which is okay. why I never really wanted to be in front of a judge of any kind, right. were the floating head judges from the Superman movie. Oh, <laughs> in yes. In the very beginning when they judge General Zod and his cohorts. Yep, yep. Guilty. Guilty. Oh, And it's just man. their wrinkly old British face yep, is floating yep. in midair. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah, blown up to be about, you know, a hundred times right, right. the size. And, and they didn't present the case or anything. No. And I was just like, this is him, this is what he did. They yeah. was like, guilty, guilty. Yep. Guilty. And then, of course, the flat piece of glass comes flying in from outer space <laughs> and zaps him into the <laughs> phantom zone. Yes, with, with none other than Marlon Brando looking on. Of course, of course. You know. So I think really, you know, they should like use that recording of them just saying guilty <laughs> at every single trial anywhere. Guilty. And the judge just goes silent and kind of does a wave of the hand to the teleprompter. Yeah. And they just turn it on 11. Guilty. <laughs> Cue sound. <laughs> right? Boom. Yeah. Dim the lights. Bailiff, take them out. I like it. I like put them it. on a piece of glass. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> so that, in a nutshell, folks, was this version. <laughs> God, we're laughing too much at this. I'll be the judge of that. Nice. And as I said many times on, on this podcast before, you know, when you get into classic rock, you decide right up front, or you need to decide right up front, are you a Beatles fan <laughs> or a Stones fan? Yeah, and me, I was so. the who. Yeah. So only three things you can do with a giant kid. Lift weights, play cards, and get into trouble. What did you do? Me? I read. And so, I don't know about uh, you, John, but I, I felt uh, it was difficult to narrow this list down. Well, you did. In you fairness know? to you, Mike, you came out with, what, eight different yeah, options? Yeah, something like that. There, I was, there was scratching for three. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, some, you know, Led Zeppelin is a classic example. You know, the, the, the band name came out of a joke, yep. you know, that happened between John N. Whistle, Keith Moon, and Jimmy Page, and... Uh, I think Chris Farlow, a vocalist, um, as far as, you know, I think at the time they were talking about uh, Entwistle and, and Moon were talking about leaving The Who mm -hmm. and jumping in with Jimmy on the new new band that Jimmy was putting together. And either Moon or Entwistle, depending on who you ask, said, yeah, that's going to go over like a lead balloon. Right. And Jimmy Page, being the, the sharp motherfucker that he is, <laughs> said, wait a minute, that's it, you know, and, yep. and grabbed that name and it became Led Zeppelin. So there's, there's so many different stories in rock and roll 
pop band known okay. as Spando Ballet. Yes. Which really had a, a couple dudes, I guess, playing instruments and one lead singer. They had some funky hair, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, fun- well, funky so did everybody hair. in the 80s. It you was, know. Yeah, it was the A 80s, lot of monochrome sure. suits, blue, yeah, purple, yeah. things like that. Absolutely. And they're known for their, um, I guess, ballad kind of uh, true, yeah. which has been featured in movies and sure, whatnot, sure. especially yeah. that one scene from... What was it? The uh, it's based on the bonfire, the vanities, but it's not. It's called indecent, not indecent proposal. No. Maybe that was it. I don't. Anyway, know. they redid it a bunch of yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah you, you, you left me out in the cold yeah. on that one, but still, it's totally Spandau Ballet. I mean, it's yeah. That. But here's the thing: they took the name from when Nazi war criminals were hung by the neck until <laughs> dead at Spandau <laughs> Prison. So obviously, if you've, ever, if you've ever seen a hanging. There's a bit of a herky-jerky dance that happens sure. before the next snap, sure. you know. Yeah. And somebody saw this and says, well, that would be a great name for a, <laughs> a pop band singing New Age love songs. Exactly. Think Angry Whopper only comes out during Black History Month, am I right? Strike that. Reverse it. Oh. All right. My favorite fish sandwich is none of them because I don't eat fish. That shit's gross. That's fair. I mean, like fish in general or just fast food? No, fi- fast food fish. Like, I'm never driving down. And you know what? I want a piece of fish right now. Never. <laughs> never in my life have I ever stopped anywhere. Like, you know what? I could really go for some fish. <laughs> my favorite fish story, though, I went with my buddy uh, uh, and his wife to, uh, to a Burger King. And there were McDonald's people all the time. Couldn't wait to get a fish fillet. Uh, a fish sandwich. So I wanted a fillet of fish, but there only was a, a Burger King around. So we went and went, and then like we ordered that that fish sandwich I had at Burger King, and she started eating it. She looked at him. She's like, "I don't like it." He's like, "Why?" She's like, "It tastes like fish." <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, if you think uh, KFC is dirty, wait till you have fried chicken from a gas station. <laughs> wait till you eat. <laughs> wait till at whatever the equivalent the of chicken and gas is. Yeah, chicken and oh. JoJo's at three o'clock in the morning downtown Harper. <laughs> Walk in there, shit house drunk. The guy. You, you somehow talked a guy into giving you a free meal by taking seven shots of hot sauce in a row. <laughs> Good times. It's prostitutes. Really nice. <laughs> the colonels, first of all, every time I go to the colonels, it, it, like I order the chicken sandwich, you're going to come out here and you're going to you're going to promote your new chicken sandwich. When I order it, you're going to put like tenders on it because you ran out of the fillets. <laughs> And I try to pass that shit off like it's a real thing. From the minute I order to the minute I pick it up. Right. Do it all online. I go in there. Beep, beep, beep. They hit the numbers on the oven. It opens up. I get my food. I get out. There's no time for anybody in the bad area that it's in to shank me. I like that. It's a convenience. So that's what's up. So so when you go there, you don't even have to have any human interactions at all. They have a box that you go in and your pizza's there and you just punch in a code to get it. Exactly. That is amazing. (laughs) Hey, gang. I hope you're enjoying this volume four of the best of Riffs and Rants podcast. Don't go anywhere. Got a lot more coming up. I look a little further into it, okay? Mm-hmm. And the the question that's been on my mind this week, primarily as it pertains to Virginia, you know, uh, look, I'm, I'm sorry the guy didn't win in New Jersey, but you know what? They, they made a statement, and for right. right now, that's good enough. All right. So cycling back to Virginia, why is it, okay, and, and, and not having children, I do see the importance of, of parents having a say in their children's education sure. and the curriculum that is, is being taught to them. Yeah. However, what confuses me is most of your teachers, okay, 
not not only are they hardworking and extremely dedicated people, because yeah. look, teachers are underpaid. And underappreciated. And, and Absolutely. totally underappreciated. Absolutely. And the last thing they need is a myriad of unwashed parents whispering in their ear constantly. I mean, I'm sure back-to-school night's bad enough. Oh, Jesus, But yeah. you don't want them always getting involved. But here's the problem. Why is it across the country, if you break down every news story about what's going on in education these days, yeah. why is it every single board of education of every county or region or state is full of a bunch of pseudo-intellectuals that are so out of touch with what today's kids need to learn. Yeah. What is that about? You know, <laughs> distractions like, you know, the whole abortion thing and the whole right, you know, run right. Roe versus Wade thing. All these social issues that yeah. you could argue and never come to a conclusion. Yeah. Let's talk about factual black and white brick-and-mortar stuff yeah. instead of bullshit social issues. I say that big talk's worth doodly squat. They, yeah, Why I don't like this one and this one's not fair to that one. Shut up. Yeah. Put a fucking this shovel in your hand and let's get to work, America. Yeah. Good morning, Johnny. Thank you for having me. Good and there. good morning, uh, everybody out there, this is the doctor is incognito, and I am Professor Heinrich Snoof. Good to see you, uh, Professor. Today we're going to do a the departure from the norm, where okay. I talk about the COVID nineteen and other diseases that's mm-hmm. that's circulating around. Today, uh, kind of like Johnny, like you, you you just spoke at length. Uh, about crime and yes, how yes. people are obsessed. Yes, yeah, yes. Obsessed with crime uh, in all its forms, and they like to watch it on the TV yeah. and in the movies and on the streaming services like the Netflix and the uh, the Peacock and uh, the other, you know, other ones. I just mm-hmm. do Netflix. I do Peacock. Uh, and I, I tune into some of these shows and there's the one thing that comes across crystal clear to me uh, as a person who is very fond of the law and order is that the criminals in this country they are not punished nearly as severely as they should be um, as compared to other countries. Let me give you an example. When, okay. when I was a small boy, mm-hmm. um, we had a, a German shepherd, and like every house in our neighborhood had a German shepherd. What was Good his name? Good dog. Um, his name? Yeah. His name was Killer. Uh, oh, of course. Okay. Very cuddly. His name was Killer. <laughs> and if anybody were to try and steal anything from my family food uh, money clothing uh water oof. uh we would put the killer on them we say killer and he would oh, he you know kind of like your dog be very vicious yes <laughs> very vicious um but other than that if there was something that we could not handle as this as a regular citizen who who paid their taxes mm-hmm. and whatnot the police would step in onto the police well very scary individuals they all they, they were all black mm-hmm. and they had the the 
black trench coat and the hat on, and they had gun too, not like the, the British police where they like, they blow the whistle and yell stop. No, the, the German police, they, they took their job very seriously. And if you were caught or if you were convicted of a crime, you would face very, very harsh punishment in the jail. In the jails, they, they were not like the, the fun little uh, like Chuck E. Cheese jails you have here in, in the States. Oh, no. What do you know from Chuck E. Cheese? No, no. I, and I've, I've seen them on the TV too. <laughs> the maximum lockup. And all they show is the inmates, they, they throw poop at, at each other. Can yeah. I say shit? I get, I yeah, get shite. Yeah. They show shite at each other. That is not vicious. That is not scary. That that's recreation for some people. Oof. But no, in, in the in the real the, the Bavarian prisons, they lock you away. They throw away the key, and and society is okay with that. They say he commit crime, he go away. We not see him again. And sometimes people who don't commit crimes, they they get carried away too, and you don't see them again. But but my point is that the criminal element in the United States needs to be afraid of the police force because mm-hmm. otherwise agree. they're going to keep the, the committed the crime. And everybody in this country, everybody's got the guns. Oof. I thought I came from a militaristic country. Oh, oh, your boys got... Everybody got a gun in this country and yet they still... They're getting robbed. Why? I don't understand. I don't know. I I I, I want to visit uh, Texas and bring a gun with me because I understand now Texas you can walk around. Yeah. Uh, just That's in do your daily business and you have a gun. Mm. Only somebody comes at you, you shoot them. Like uh, like down in the Florida, I always hear the, the 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 stories on the interwebs of this the Florida man, the Florida man. Hey, they shoot you. And then they call it stands your ground. I don't know. Maybe we need more something like this in, in, in Connecticut. We got the funny little sticker that they put on the car that says, I'm yeah. carrying a weapon. Doesn't that defeat the purpose when you tell yeah, somebody kinda. that you've got the gun? I don't know. But I, I am a man who likes his secrets, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't give the society uh, the, the answer. More guns, less guns. It's not that easy. I'm not like this Dr. Phil who comes in and says <laughs> obvious. And then people listen. And then they do yeah. as he say. No, that, that other, uh, the moron, the, the, the fat man who goes into the bar. Which one? Oh, John yes, Tapper. Yes, Tapper, John yeah. Tapper, who, who goes in and says, well, you you suck, and you should not have bar. You need to get a cash register. You need to sell beer. Right, that, right. That, that is your problem. No, I'm not. They're false. They're false pariah. <laughs> these demagogues, like these people. I just, I just make observations. That's all I do. I tend my garden. I make observations. I am just a harmless old man living off of a government pension, as I always say. So, yep. so again, those, those are my thoughts. And yes, thank you, Johnny, for having me on uh, in, in a daylight episode, too. It's yeah. a beautiful day. Your lawn looks fantastic. Thank you. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, B looks wonderful. Very well-kept dog. Thank very, you very for that. Very vicious <laughs> dog. <laughs> uh, 
Und have you heard from the Fraulein, the, the Tula? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we just oh, spoke the other day. <laughs> does, does, does she ask about me? No, 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 she hasn't. Uh, yeah, okay, well. Yeah, not oh, you, t- you tell her I said hi, and okay. and she is welcome to come over and uh, try my schnitzel. Oh. Okay, or um, uh, I will I will give her a strudel. Whoa. You tell her that, then you <laughs> wink, Easy okay, because that is how we flirt now. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so, again, I am Professor Heinrich Schroof, and this has been The Doctor is Incognito. Yeah, we are having some fun, huh? Love it, love it. And you know what? The, uh, the one downside offshoot of not having Michael Sean Lee sit with me as we uh, compile this episode is that the gems are all about me and I'm being so self-indulgent. So even though I'm only doing two gems this episode, we're going to rock out with both of them. So we started with Van Halen. Let's do another one of my little uh, bands near and dear to my heart from way back. How about a little, yeah, how about a little Skid Row doing Slave to the Grind?
the ink on Beowulf was still drying at one point. <laughs> and now look at it. So now if somebody were to go back and rewrite Beowulf, okay, yeah. Yeah. as a member of NAMBLA, okay, because it, <laughs> it makes it more uh, controversial and it might suck in some new readers, you know, to the whole Grendel saga. Yeah. Does that make it okay? Of course not, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it's, it's not a case of having any member of the, of the LGBTQ spectrum as a superhero. My problem is the laziness involved when you're taking pre-established characters, some of which are well over 50 years old, yeah. and retconning them as having a different sexuality just to fit your agenda. Message! Yeah, that's what I have a problem. Well, with. that 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 kind of that kind of revision revisionary tactic does mm-hmm. strike me as pandering. Yeah, you know, it's one thing to create a new character, you know, the son of Superman, if you will. Super, what are they calling him? Are they calling him Superman, Superboy? What is the deal on Superboy? This? Is as it far Superboy? As I know, yeah. You yeah. know, it's one thing, like I said, you know, to create a new character that fits in more with uh, the new generation, if you will, or the generation that is currently in the majority. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I had mentioned that, but if you take the numbers of Gen Z and then take the numbers of the generation that's coming up behind them, I think that they're calling them the alpha generation or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. You combine those two numbers, they are the majority demographic. Right. You know, and, and it's I'm talking, their parents' I'm, money that they're using to yeah. buy. And look, nobody even buys comic books anymore yeah. off the shelves. It's all digital. Yeah. You know? oh, no, by the way, that, that last <laughs> comment was directed at you, millennials. Oh. You know, get over yourselves <laughs> because not only are Johnny and I not in the target demographic... <laughs> But pretty soon, you're not going to be either. Um, I'd like to call for a moratorium on uh, critical surveys. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if, if you write a survey that's critical of the hotel industry, of the restaurant industry, and even, even the airline industry, which under mm-hmm. normal circumstances I have no, no real sympathy for, sure. you're a fucking asshole. Right. You know? and, I, and I hope a meteor... You know, takes your ass out because you're a fucking asshole. And I think know? we're in agreement that, and most people will agree, it, it's it's easy not to feel bad for the companies, okay? But oh, yeah. what people fail to realize is that, and we had done a little piece on on reviews on, on an earlier yeah. episode, and what people don't realize is that these bad reviews, let's say, they don't hurt the company. They no. don't hurt the flag, whether no. it's American Airlines or Marriott or Fuddruckers or whatever it is that you're yeah. sending it, or Pet Boys. Yeah. It's the people that work there that bear the brunt oh, of these nasty reviews. Completely. Yeah, I'm not talking about the people in the Eiffel Tower. Right, you know, right. I'm talking about the poor bastards on the front lines yep. you know, who've been taking it you know, in, the, in the shorts day in and day out for, mm. Christ, I don't even know how long anymore. What, it's been well over e- a year. Yeah, well over a year. <laughs> You know, and, and it's time to cut these people some slack. It right. really is. You know, and like I said, if you go to a restaurant and they screw up your order, or if you go to a hotel and you find a hair in your bathtub and you blast these people on social media, mm-hmm. you ought to be shot in the fucking head. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of you people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's time to put it neutral, you assholes. Right. You know, that's just the way it is. I'm and for sorry. those of you not familiar with uh, Michael Sean Lee's concept of stay over there for a minute. <laughs> That's the ultimate in ostracization. Yeah. <laughs> is that a word? I just made that a word? Okay, I it's a word so. now. Yeah. Um, yes, and, and we totally agree together on this, that in terms of sporting events, concerts, restaurants, private businesses, individual gatherings, you know, weddings, social mm-hmm. functions, if you're not vaccinated, 
Den ich es daher. Oh, all these people have the right to say, hey, this is my stadium, this is my arena, this yep. is my restaurant, this is my bar. If you're not vaccinated, stay the fuck out of here. Right. I don't want your business. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, if you're if you're unwilling for whatever your bullshit reason is to not get vaccinated, you're going to have to contend with that. Right. You know, and this you, is not to say that the non-vaccinated or choose those who choose not to be vaccinated are bad people. I'm no, not, not saying that. No, not at all. I'm saying, however, in the interest of the greater good uh, and yeah. that other whimsical term they keep throwing around, the, the herd mentality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if you're not going to jump on board, good. No one's going to stick you with a sharp object, but could you please wait across the street over yeah, there 50 yards away? That's the way it works. And coming around to the point that we started this with... Society does have a right to protect itself from whatever is threatening society. Yes, and it does. Regardless sorry, of folks. political system, social yeah. structure, any of that nonsense. I know people who are refusing to get vaccinated. Not bad people. But, you know, the reality is you're going to have to take responsibility for that decision. Right. You know, and you're going to have to step out. Yeah. You know, for lack of a better term, step out. Take a lesson from nature. You know, have you ever watched a nature show, okay, when out on the Serengeti, there's the lioness in the tall grass, and she's stalking that little group of wildebeests yes. that are just hanging out, drinking from the lake, mm-hmm. or zebra, or elk, or whatever they are. Yep. And if that lioness were to attack a, a baby wildebeest, or mm-hmm. zebra, or whatever, yes, the parents might get involved. Yeah. But otherwise, it's the slow, sickly one that just can't go along to get along. That gets pulled down and eaten alive. Yeah, they call that Darwinism. Right, yeah. and it's time for a little Darwinism. And I, hey, look, I, I'm not even going to say I hate to put it in those terms because yeah. there comes a time yeah. when, look, Mr. and Mrs. America, we, we, we need to put it in these terms. Yeah, It's survival of the fittest. Absolutely. And if you've got a solution to keep you living longer and, and healthier, probably not much more than 24 hours afterwards, launched a drone strike, which at the time we were like, Bingo! Nailed it! High-fived each other. Uh, General Miley or Millie or Millie? whatever his name Millie, yeah. came out and said that... Uh, oops. Yeah, well, no. Now is oops. Then it was, quote-unquote, righteous strike. Is that, they used the word righteous. Righteous. Not, not, know, not in a Bill and Ted sense. Yeah. I think he meant more like, yeah, we got the, you know, the yeah. correct people. Yeah, you have to be an asshole to use the word righteous way. in this context. I'm I mean, sorry. I would have said that was a... Bo- well, now he has to say that was a bogus strike, man. <laughs> Maybe the first time it could have been radical. Yeah. Not righteous, righteous dude. Righteous, righteous. drone strike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something that we always try and do on this show is treat our audience with respect. Yeah. And, and if they we don't... can see that our audience is intelligent. Right. Yeah. And as such, I will make no mystery, and it might not reflect in, in my portion of the quote-unquote argument and the opening topic today, but um, I am 100% anti-Alec Baldwin for political reasons and just social reasons and, and just the way the man carries himself and has throughout his career. Trash. Not to take away from his talent or what he's produced and what he's added to you know popular culture. Um, kind of similar to a way that I no longer really hold, let's say, Robert De Niro in high regard because as we've touched on many times on this show, I personally, just speaking for myself, have a hard time separating the artist from the artist's views sure, and that sure. which they espouse. That bitch Mary Trump. <laughs> Keep your seat, trash. I mean, 
the reason I chose this song, it, it's not about the music. It's not about the band. It's not about a particular theme. No. It's about you people. <laughs> Message! <laughs> it's not too hard to figure out. You see it every day. And those who were the farthest out have gone the other way. You see them on the freeway. It don't look like a lot of fun. But don't you try to fight it, an idea whose time has come. Damn. You see, now, it's funny because what you want to do <laughs> when you hear the lyric is you want to sing it to yourself mm. and see if you can see if that sounds familiar as a song. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invoke my repeat clause and uh, hit me with that again, John. Right away, sir. All right. It's not too hard to figure out. You see it every day. And those who were the farthest out have gone the other way. You see them on the freeway. It don't look like a lot of fun. But don't you try to fight it, an idea whose time has come. Ah. Those last two lines sound so familiar. Fuck. Hmm. No, you got me. You got me. I got, I, I got nothing. All right. That is one of your favorite bands. I know because you always tell me the exact opposite. Huey Lewis in the News. Oh, you Hip to be square. Damn. <laughs> How dare you hit me with a Huey Lewis tune? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I made it through COVID, and now oh. they're going to feel my wrath. But, you know, some days you might be sitting next to somebody like me <laughs> who loves to play vigilante. Yeah. And God is my witness. If I'm sitting at a, at a Pats game or if I go to see the Mets and I'm paying whatever yeah, ridiculous you amount it is. $500 for two tickets. Right? I mean, tailgating and look, whatever goes on there in the Forbidden Zone, I've had it. Yeah. But once my ass is in the seat, if you're a Yahoo and you're going to cause me or my family, my day, whatever, discomfort and by making an ass out of yourself, I'm taking you out myself. <laughs> it's not going to be some old man wiping down seats saying, show me your ticket. I'll bleed you real quiet. Live here. Got that. And then there was the tale. Hold on to your butt. Which I didn't plan on telling this, but we're about sharing. Okay. Stinky the monkey-tailed skink. I went to the pet store one day with my girlfriend at the time after a big day at the casino. All right. And I'm like, do you have any exotic pets? Well, we got Stinky. So I went over and looked at Stinky, who in fact was a monkey-tailed skink. Wow. Kind of looks like... Um, and they named him Stinky. Yes, they did. I didn't ask why. Yeah. Don't ask questions about Stinky. Just buy him. Seriously. So uh, um, a monkey-tailed skink looks like, I don't know, kind of like an iguana on steroids. Okay. And it does have a prehensile tail that he would use to hang from different things. Really? Unbeknownst to me, he also had claws that could probably cut through sheet metal. <laughs> So young buck that I was at the time, yes. I was sporting my satiny gold gym jacket. Okay. And as my girlfriend was conversing with the pet shop owner, her being a marine biology major, right. I'm sitting here hanging out with Stinky the monkey-tailed skink, who was slowly okay. crawling up my, my chest from how I was holding him like a baby right. up to around my neck area. So first, he shredded the shit out of my satin jacket. <laughs> and I said to the lady... Can you maybe cut these claws a little bit? Oh, she's, oh I'm so sorry. So I hand uh, him to her over the counter. He proceeds to take a giant white lizard dump right on the countertop. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. We should have you know, made sure he, he pooped already. I'm like, whatever. Oh, what a grand experience. And even this, in spite of this, I'm still on board with, with Stinky. Okay. 
Okay. So she cuts his nails, right? Yeah. And he's very passive, doesn't squirm or anything. She hands them back over the counter to me. Yeah. I once again hold him in like a swaddling fashion like I would a newborn. Right. She continues to converse with the girlfriend. So as those two are talking back and forth, I feel kind of like somebody's fist rubbing gently on my neck, and this oh. would be the head of Stinky the Monkey-Tailed Skink. All right. Who then very nonchalantly and almost in a slow-mo fashion opens up his mouth and then closes it no. right on my, what is that, the carotid artery right yeah, there? Yeah, right about there. <laughs> so I feel this thing bite me, and I'm like, uh, well, this isn't okay. Yeah. And I go to pull him off, but now he's clamped on my neck. So he's oh, like pulling. <laughs> so the lady behind the counter sees this, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so she knows, like, I guess where to grab him. So he releases his grip. Okay. And now I've got this tiny little bite radius mark on my neck, a little bit of blood, nothing crazy. Yeah. I'm laughing my ass off. I'm the only one there out of the three of us that thinks this is hysterical. <laughs> And I say, you know what? I'm going to have to pass on, on, yeah. on Stinky. Thus yeah. closes out the ballad of Stinky the Monkey-Tailed Skink. Yep, and that's going to wrap up this very special episode, this best of volume four of the Riffs and Rants podcast. Thank you so much for all of our listeners. I would like to say the show continues to get better and better, which, you know, I would like to say that it's probably not happening. But either way, we're more popular than we've ever been. People listening all over the world, and that makes me happy because I get to help make you guys happy. All right? So stay safe, enjoy the new year, and we'll see you next week on the Riffs and Rants podcast.